is Hard Parking, sponsored by Right Honda and Right Toyota out of Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm your host, Jay Finning, broadcasting. I always say broadcasting on accident, but really I'm just recording because it's not live from my home in Gilbert, Arizona. Car show season is here. You don't have to be into cars to understand what that means. It's more weather related. You know, when I lived in Michigan, our weather, our car season was, you know, four or five months. Because what happens is, if you really like your car, then you baby it and you don't really want to get it. It depends on the type of car you have and what you're into. Because you can love your Subaru, you can love your pickup truck. But if you have, let's just say sports car season, to be fair. Although Porsche seems like it's a beautiful weather car, and that's only if the top's down. Top is down. Most of the Porsches, most of the Audis, you know, in Germany... You can log 100,000 miles or 100,000 kilometers in the snow. So American nice weather car season. So what happens is it's there's snow on the ground till you know March usually. Sometimes it goes away, but there's salt all over the road, and then it might dust one or two more times a year. So then you don't really want to drive your car on the salty roads because salt, water, metal, steel, rust. I didn't really have that big of an issue with my NSX because 90% of that car is aluminum. But still, you don't want salt all over your car. So then you get through that, and then it's April showers, it's springtime, it's storming all the time. So it's like, is this a good weekend to go out? I don't know. Thunderstorms, lightning. You you don't go to a car show when it's 90% chance of rain. Then you get into the summer. The summer's always nice, but the summer's always short. Because come September, October, usually by the end of October, most people have their cars put up in storage if you have a place to store your vehicle. I did. I stored my place. I forgot the name of the place, but um, we stored it. So it was usually in by late October, November at the latest, and then you pull it out again you know, next March. So most of the year... You didn't have your car. Here in Arizona, car season is when the weather stops being 1,000 degrees outside. Now, we're always doing stuff. There's always a cars and coffee, even in the dog days of summer. There's always events going on during monsoon season. But for most of us, as the temperature starts to cool down, for instance, this morning when I got up, it was 72 degrees, which is crazy because it's still over 100 degrees in the afternoon. But it's starting to level out. And what comes with that is more activities. You know, I just took part in the Hot Wheels Legends Tour. And what that is, it's, it's officially licensed Hot Wheels. What they do is they go around to 10 cities. And you apply and you get accepted to display your car. And what comes with that is, well, let's cover what the Hot Wheels thing is first before I go on my little mini rant or mini explanation, either before or after the word from 4Wheel Online. But what they, what they do is they go to these 10 cities, and the ones that they, the times they've done it here in Phoenix, I don't think they do Tucson. I think Arizona's stop is Phoenix, the Phoenix area. It's been at Gilbert the last two times, and that is that Walmart is about a mile and a half away from my house, so there's no reason for me to not to go. Last year I went just to kind of check it out as a guest. I, you know, I just got my NSX, you know, and parking was crazy, but... My boy Edgar was working that event. And then this year I applied months ago and then finally got accepted at the last minute because things were a little disorganized. But what they do, sorry, getting off track, is the ones that they do here, they park them in Walmart. 
a Walmart in the Walmart parking lot, and they have this huge, like, uh, I don't know, I want to call it a billboard because you don't hang it, but it's this huge backdrop that looks like a Hot Wheels package. And so contestants, you pull in front of it, they take a photo of your car, so it kind of looks like your car is on a Hot Wheels package. It's, it's really cool. But at each one of these stops, they pick one car that makes it to the next round, essentially. And at the end of all this tour, the one car that wins it all, they end up making a Hot Wheel of it. So needless to say, it's never going to be a car like mine. I have a an Acura NSX, NSX Type S. It's a cool car, but they're looking for something that's just out of this world crazy. You know, one of the cars that is there, it's, I forgot what it's called, but the front grille, it's a big old skull. And for the headlights, the headlights are there, but what's holding the headlights are these huge, like, metal bony hands. And it's just super cool. You know, when you when you take your kid or your niece, your nephew or whatever, and you go down the Hot Wheels and you look, some of the most outrageous looking Hot Wheels were probably real cars, which is nuts. But what's cool is they have cars on display and they take them around with them that have won. So there's a car, there was a few cars there from even the 90s. And in front of the display, they have the actual Hot Wheel. And then right behind the Hot Wheel, they have the actual car and they change the color and stuff like that. So it's pretty attractive. What happens is they bring out a ton of people from the area. Well, they don't bring out a ton of people, but they tell everyone. And then so you have tons of family, kids, grown men, women. They're going around checking out all the cars. People wait in line for hours to get like a special release Hot Wheel at that specific event. And I'm talking these things are like $25, $35. And the line takes like an hour to get through for like the premiere. Can you imagine standing outside for over an hour to spend $35 on a Hot Wheel to say you got one? And people go online and they try to sell them. So if you guys go to Hot Wheel Legends on eBay right now, this is at the end of September of 23, you'll see there'll be a ton of purple S2000s. And that's what they're doing. Those are the those are the, the tour exclusives. And people are selling them for 50, 100 bucks. Some of them are 30, 35. The market's going to be saturated. But some people actually collect them and some people wait in line to get them to turn around and flip them. That's just how it goes. And then... Inside Walmart, they have a ton of Hot Wheels that they bring in specifically for this event. So then you have hundreds of extra people inside. So it's it's great for the store. It's great for the brand, Mattel. You know, I didn't realize that, I don't know why, but, you know, the competitor is always Hot Wheels versus Matchbox. Like Coke versus Pepsi, Dr. Pepper, Mr. Pibb, McDonald's, Burger King. Except Mattel owns Hot Wheels and Matchbox. Maybe most of you knew that. I don't think I knew that, or maybe I did and I forgot. But I thought that was interesting. So you, you know, you 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 have kind of a mix and match of both. This is very much a Hot Wheels event, but in some of these bins, there's a there's Matchbox, which kind of makes sense. But it was a really cool show, and I'm glad I went out there. And you know, I invited Zeke and my daughter and and Mario out there because it's Mario's birthday. And my boy hooked me up with some stuff, some stickers, and some cool things that I kind of passed down, of course. And, but that, you know, there's what, what comes with a show like that, because they didn't let as many people in this time is a little drama because it's not the traditional local car event where people want to enter. And usually you pay money to register. You don't, you didn't pay money to register for this event. So it was not only was it a free event for us, if you got selected, but it's a free event for the public. And it's usually always a free event for the public, but you get your traditional car show people that are used to paying money and used to getting accepted. And I'll talk about that a little bit after this word from Full Online. 
Jay Finning here, and I want to tell you guys about 4 Online. For over a decade, 4 Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. They are dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. Their truck products cover everything you need to give your truck a custom look and added functionality. And if you need a tire and wheel package, head over and use the configuration tool. They carry all the major brands of wheels and tires, so we'll get outfitted today. So visit them online at 4 Online or call them at 813-769-2451. Again, that's 4 Online, the number 4 Wheel Online. You know I love 4 Online. I'm not getting paid to say this, but you know the, the sponsor out of Cincinnati, he's also behind Booster Bath. Remember, guys, when I had Booster Bath as a sponsor here, it's kind of cool. I mean, having sponsors makes me feel more legit. And it also, it lets me know that what I'm doing means something to someone else, not just myself. And the same thing as having listeners. Like, I love it when I hear from you guys. I don't always hear from you guys. Sometimes I ask you guys to say something or respond to something just so I can get kind of a measure of who's actually listening. Because I have hard parking violations, the page on Facebook, and it's got several hundred people on there maybe 400 now. And there's probably half a dozen of us that are active all the time. And then as you know, the hard parking channel on my Instagram and it's got not, not nearly as many, but a lot more than I think typically listen to this actual podcast on a weekly basis. So as I'm still trying to find ways to target and identify who my true listeners are so that maybe I can come up with things that I can offer you know, your feedback is more important than just some casual person because there's something about this that makes you guys keep coming back. And it's not my beautiful voice or my terrible stories, or maybe it is. But anyway, let's get back into this Hot Wheels thing. And I'm also going to recap. I We went to San Diego recently because it was Zeke's birthday, and I need to talk about that. That was like last week. And football's back. I said that last time, but... You know, I lost big on on DraftKings when I was in San Diego. But getting to the Hot Wheels Legends Tour, as I was kind of setting it up, you know, this isn't a traditional car show per se. And I don't think my car is a show car. It's a very nice car. It's a very eye candy car, but it's, it's not a show car. Now I can go to a car show and enter the car show with no expectations to win, like a real judged show where there's like, Best Honda, you know, best Lexus, best bad car, best rap car, best exhaust, best engine bay, you know, people's choice award, best of show. You know, I will go to some of those shows, but I, I never enter with an expectation to win anything. And a lot of people will tell you that, but they're full of shit because if you spend $20,000 on your $15,000 Civic, you're kind of looking for validation and you kind of want to win something when you enter those things. And I'm a competitor. When I had my old NSX, I wanted to win, and I didn't get mad when I didn't, but there were times where it felt very political, and I felt that I should have placed higher than I did, or it's like I got third place, first place, It's because it's not about the value of the car. It's about the amount of work you put into it, and with some cars, there's just more stuff out there. There's a lot more stuff out there for a 2000 and. 12 Honda Civic than there is a 91 through 9 to 2005 Acura NSX. There just is. And the cost, acquisition cost is a lot different. 
And fundamentally, it makes sense. You have 850,000 of one car, 9,000 of the other, ever. So it, it all makes sense. But I'm saying that because there's a lot of people who didn't get accepted into this year's Hot Wheels Legends Tour here in Gilbert, Arizona. And so on Facebook, on the official page, people are complaining, hey, what's the criteria? I know a ton of people didn't get in. I didn't get in. How come my friend got in? This car got in, but this car didn't get in. And I knew, I felt, I was like, shit, I'm already in. I'm in because one of my really close one auto friends is working on the tour. And they told me about it many months ago. And they're like, don't worry about it. I'll get you in. And my thing is, you know, I don't care if I'm in or not, but it'd be cool if I was because I have hard parking written all over my NSX. I have QR codes on there. You know, it's, it's more important for it to be in there now than it was last year when it had nothing on it, when it was just clean and clear. Because now it's an advertisement piece for this podcast. Hell yeah, I wanted it in there. So he got me in there, and then he ended up pushing to get some of the other people in there. And I'm glad they're in there. There's a, they end up letting a lot more cars in than I think that they, were, they were originally going to do. But there's a lot of hate that comes with that. Because if, if I'm one of these people out here that's used to going to all these car shows, used to have my car entered, and I have this pipe dream that my someone wants to make a the next Hot Wheels out of my Chevy Malibu because I have a wrap on there and a bunch of parts from AutoZone and I have custom spray-painted wheels, I'm an idiot. But there's people out there. There was a car out there, and I don't know if this poor guy is listening to this podcast right now. He has a black Mercedes. If you guys go to the Hard Parking Violations Facebook group, you'll see it on there. I pose by it through the peace sign. This thing is covered in like Flex Seal or Rhino Liner. And to the point where you guys, you don't have to be a car person to know what this is. You know, your car has an emblem on it. So if you're, if you drive a Mercedes, you have that little Mercedes star that looks like a peace sign. You know, you have the Dodge, you know what the Dodge looks like, right? Picture any car. Usually when you paint a car, wrap a car, you pull the emblem off. They rhino liner this thing. So now it's like stuck on the vehicle on the paint. It's the craziest looking thing. Car's hideous. And I accept all cars. Their car, they can do what do with it what they'd like. But somehow that car was there. So if I'm one of these people who used to go on all these shows, if I see that and my car got rejected, I'd be pissed. But again, you get in for free. And there's only one winner. So then it's really about displaying your car. There's one winner. But what happens is people look at that or they look at my NSX, and they're like, well, that only got in because it's an NSX. Well, yeah. Yeah. Because it's there for eye candy. And that's the differentiating factor. It's not your traditional car show where you're there to try to win something. People like looking at it still, but there's no point system. So for all these random families, these strollers, these people with their pets, these people that are only there to see cool cars, some really outrageous-looking, cool, super cool cars that look like life-size high wheels because some of them are. And then they want to see some of those super clean, high-end exotics that maybe they never see. And really, there weren't that many of those. There weren't really Lamborghinis and Ferraris and stuff there this year. There was my car, my buddy's TVR, which is a super cool car, which most almost nobody knows what the hell that even is. And people either love it or they hate it. Most people love it. It looks like, uh, I think he describes it as a, like a Viper and like a Jaguar had a baby, a TVR Cerberus, C-E-R-B, 
Cerberus or something like Cerberus. If you type in TVR, like television, radio, TVR, Cerberus, you'll know exactly what this car looks like. It's a very kind of sleek yet bubbly European V8. It's like a British car, I think. And the thing howls when he turns it on. Not naturally aspirated, just a loud British European V8 or whatever. But we were parked next to each other. And then there was this badass rat rod that was parked next to us. That rat rod is a vehicle that's there for a chance of becoming a, a Hot Wheel. In fact, in a super weird world, if for whatever weird reason I would have actually won, I wouldn't have accepted it. And it's like, yeah, sure, right, Jay. No, no, no. I would feel very uncomfortable if my car won anything at a show like that. But I know my car is there for eye candy. But there's not, there's too many events and too many more serious things in this world to have hate on somebody else's car because it's there and your car didn't, didn't make it. And so I'm sure, and people kind of know who I am around here. I'm not famous like Dom Toretto or anything, but most people know who I am between one auto and me just living here for nine years. And my old NSX was pretty freaking famous around here. And so I probably didn't, I didn't get a lot of face-to-face hate or, you know, maybe some of the peers may have said something and somebody else says, well, that's Jay, blah, 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 blah. He's cool. He's not like the rest. You know, that's, I'm always the exception, which is kind of funny too, you know, but I had a great time. And so if you guys see the Hot Wheels Legends Tour come to your town, take your kids to go see it or go check it out yourself. It's free. It's cool. It's good people watching and the vehicles that are there are just, you're never going to see vehicles like that typically anywhere else. They are literally vehicles that they've made Hot Wheels out of. So I'd mentioned football and DraftKings. We went to San Diego and this is, this also happened to me when I was in Minnesota for Labor Day weekend. So I log into DraftKings here in Arizona and I do all my bets, but I don't usually, I don't like put the money forward or I do and I forget about it because the way DraftKings is set up, you go in and you can, you can bet on the same game a hundred times, which who would do that? But there's no fail safes. There's nothing to say, Hey, you've already placed a bet on this game. Would you like to place another bet because the odds have changed? No, it doesn't care. And you can put on there, show me what I bet on already and it shows you literally everything, whether it's open or closed. And so what happened was before I went to Minnesota, it was going to be a great weekend for sports. I was like, this is this is cupcake season. That's what we call it for college football. That's when a, a historically great team like your Ohio State, your Michigans, your Alabamas, your USC's, Oklahoma's, you know, Texas is my team, but they can be flaky with some of these cupcake weekends like this year, they're doing great so far, but you know that they're going to whoop the shit out of the other team. And the odds are so bad where you have to bet a lot of money to win a little money. But the point is there's a 99.9% chance you're going to win. And so you make that bet. So for instance, I've never bet more than like a hundred bucks at one time on anything. And usually my bets are five and $10. So that's my average bet is five or $10 when I'm feeling really confident I'll throw a 20 at something. But during this part of the season, I'm like, 100 bucks, 100 bucks. And it's easy. So when I say a bad bet, I mean, it, when you throw a lot of money to win a little, for a $100 bet, I'll win $5. So in the end, I'll get $105, but 100 of it back goes back into my pot. So it's like, okay, that's what I start off with. If I had FU money 
in real confidence, it's like, all right, well, give me 500. Give me 1,000 on this because this is a slam dunk. And there's different things you can bet. I'm not going to teach you guys how to bet. But what happened when I got to Minnesota, I tried to log in and place my bet, and it said, this betting is not allowed in your state. It's like, son of a bitch. So if I place the bet, even before I, oh, I'll, yeah, and, and if you place a bet, you can't cancel it. You can cash out and lose money immediately. So if I place a $10 bet and I decided I don't want to place it, even if it's five minutes later, it's like, you can cash out for $8.50. Like, fuck. But when you're in a state where you can't even do it at all, regardless if you have a VPN, it hasn't worked for me. I've tried to have a VPN. I downloaded it on my phone. I did everything they told me to, and it still says, uh-uh-uh. If you're in a place where it won't let you bet, you can't do anything. So that's one weekend. Two weeks later, we're in San Diego. Same deal. California, you can't use DraftKings. I'm like, son of a bitch. So what happened was I lost out big. I couldn't do the confidence bets that I wanted to do. And then I, did, I forgot that I had already placed a bet. I lost two or three times on the same game because the odds had changed. And I didn't realize that I'd already placed that bet. And two of them were high confidence bets. So I lost three or $400 on a Saturday, which is like a record for me. So one weekend I replenished everything that I screwed around with last year. And I'm like, all right, good. I'm taking my money back out and putting it back in my bank account. And I'm just going to play with this money. And then the very next weekend, I'll lose my shit on DraftKings. Because I was in a state that I couldn't do anything with. So I joked about it with a friend of mine. I go, you know, I guess I, could, I, guess I just can't travel during football season. Because I'm going to be in Atlanta next weekend for NS Expo. That's right. It's already here. NS Expo 2023 is in Atlanta. Last year, it was here in Phoenix. And... I got to place my bets before I leave because I looked it up and it says Georgia. I think it said Georgia doesn't allow betting, but you can log into betting apps or something like that. I was kind of confused. Plus with, with college football, it's conference play now. So you have to have a gambling problem to place a bet on some of those games. You know, you can place the, I could say Texas is going to beat Kansas straight up. But if it says Texas is supposed to be Kansas, Kansas by 38 points, I would never take that bet. I might take that bet on Kansas to say Kansas is going to lose, but not by any more than 38. But that's when you start having a problem. So this last weekend, which was, I don't know, right now it's the 24th, because I'm recording this on Sunday, because I always wait till the last minute for these episodes. You know, I placed a couple bets on NFL today, and one on all, but except for one, one of the Cowboys, I thought the Guy would get like 70 yards receiving. He got like 55. But I won all the rest of my bets. None of them big. I got chicken shit. I had literally one in five and $10 bets. But I won on all of them except for one. Yeah, man, I'll tell you. It's it's funny, too, because I've never I, – I just started doing this last year. And, and I don't throw again, typically hundreds of dollars at this thing. But it's still kind of addicting. It's like playing fantasy football. I used to play every year, and as soon as I stopped playing, it was like a huge relief. I stopped checking my phone every five seconds to find out who has what stat, how many yards they've had, who's winning what game, who got sacked, who did, who's who's hurt, who should not, who shouldn't I have started that I started, and I was such a relief. And I kind of felt some of that last weekend when I was like, oh, I don't have this. I need it. It's like, wait, I lived my whole life without DraftKings. Let me tell you something else I found out, and I'm, I'm going to move on from this in two seconds. 
So I'm here in Arizona and I drive to the store the other day to pick something up. And I'm sitting outside the gas station getting ready to go inside. And I'm like, oh, I got to lock in, lock, lock in my votes for this or my, my, you know, my bets for this weekend. So this would have been like Friday or Thursday. And I open up the app and I get this check your location. You're not allowed to do it here. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not in California anymore. Do I need to recycle this? Like, re, like re, turn off the app and start it because it thinks I'm in California. And I looked and I was on an Indian. I was on sovereign land. We have a lot of Indian reservations here in Arizona. Like they're everywhere, whether it's the Gila River community or one of the other communities. You know, they're, they're everywhere. And but you, you wouldn't know it because you don't have to physically be on, you know, air quotes, the reservation. This was a gas station, otherwise a normal gas station, except for this gas station just happened to be on Indian land and it wouldn't let me place the bet, even though I'm here in Arizona. Isn't that something? So by the time I, when I got back home in Gilbert, I'm not on Indian land, so I was able to complete my transaction. But that was unexpected. And that was pretty weird. And that is DraftKings. You know, I want to kind of go over something with you guys really quick because, you know, I had said that I have the the hard parking channel on my Instagram at Jay Finning. And I have a couple polls and I use this for you guys. So one of them was because I'm going to talk about San Diego. A couple of weeks ago, September 4th, actually Labor Day weekend, uh, I, had, I had put the question, do you like my vacation trip recap episodes? Please only answer if you listen to, if you listen at least every once in a while or more. So, a large majority of the people said yes. Some people said yes, but they aren't my favorite. One person said not really. I did a follow-up. Are you afraid to answer the last poll honestly? And <laughs> probably 40% of the original vote said yes, which is, which is hilarious. Now I ask some of this stuff to be silly sometimes too. And I don't care if you want to hear it or not. Fucking skip forward and try again next week because you're going to hear it. But one of the other ones that I put up was, you know, movies in other languages. So when you're watching a movie that's not, so if you're listening to this and you're in America, you know, when I refer to other languages, I mean someone not American. So anything that would otherwise have subtitles. And the question is, movie from other languages, are you on team subtitles or are you on, or, or are you on team dubbed? And two to one, people said subtitles. I am team dubbed. I don't have time to sit there and read all this shit at the bottom of the screen. Now, some of the really good movies that are like comedies, I find that easier to read the subtitles other than something that's crazy fast. I've tried to watch anime. So it's different between, I think, big screen movie and anime because some of the anime shit is like a million miles an hour. You are a unrealistic purist jerk off. If you're like, I like subtitles. I don't like voiceovers on anime. No, you have to do voiceovers in anime. The only problem, one of the biggest problems when you're watching, we'll say a Chinese movie or Japanese movie, not just any Asian movie, but the Chinese movies for some reason. And it's dubbed every time they do a little kid's voice. It's like, they're so petulant and it just sounds so unrealistic. It's like pulling the string on the back of a doll and getting a response. And it's the worst. But when, when someone's not dubbing a kid, then I don't mind it. I know that's not Bruce Lee's voice. 
I know he sounds a lot weirder than that, but that's the voice I grew up on watching Bruce Lee dubbed. And so that's the voice I'm expecting. So then when I hear, I watch Bruce Lee do an interview piece and he talks like he really does. You're like, whoa, that is not the voice I was expecting. But at the end of the day, when it comes to some of those big action movies, you know, Raid, The Raid 2, you know, all the, the night comes for us. Give me dubbed voiceovers any day instead of having to read the subtitles. You know, I watched The Wandering Earth a few years ago when that came out, and I liked that movie a lot, except for the little kid voice. Like I said, that was dumb as, dumb as hell. But the rest of the movie was good. And it was better than having to read those subtitles at a million miles an hour. So anyway, San Diego. Went to San Diego because Zeke wanted to go there for his birthday. He just turned five. Honestly, I think it's a little ridiculous to ask a four-year-old what they want to do for their birthday. They say the beach, and so the family plans a trip that costs hundreds of dollars to go rent a nice, beautiful house on the ocean or the bay. Sure as shit. 90% 90% of the time we were there, just like the last time, it wasn't cold. It was cool. It was overcast the whole time. There wasn't one drop of sun except for the very last day we were there. And then it was nice and sunny. Other than that, it was overcast. And when the temperature is 72 and overcast, it sounds great. It ain't. It's a cooler wind, especially when you're on the beach. And you wear a long sleeve shirt. Not a, not a, you don't need a hoodie or a jacket. But if you're not used to it, like we, you know, we live in Arizona, you know, we're coming from 110 degree temperature where the overnight low is like 85 with the exception of right now where it's like 70, 73. So as the sun goes down, it starts to get a little chilly and you can walk around with shorts on. It's, I mean, rarely did I wear any pants, you know, but it's, I always have shorts on, but I usually have a super thin long sleeve, like full zip hoodie or something, but it sucks because you want to get in the water. And the Pacific Ocean is freezing, even when it's hot outside. It's pretty cold, but it's cool. It's interesting because as cold as the water is, you actually get used to it kind of quick. But I didn't. I never went in deeper than like my mid thigh, because once your waist gets cold and your genitalia gets cold, and you get out of that water and it's not sunny, but it's windy, it's breezy, then you're freezing your ass off. And I didn't want any of that smoke. But I think we're gonna go back again earlier next year. That's already looking for 4th of July. And she gets really excited about this stuff. I really don't. I don't, I can't plan a vacation a year in advance. Not realistically. Like, okay, do I want want to go to Monterey Car Week? Hell yes, I want to go. Do I know you have to have this thing booked in January because it's in, you know, in August and hotels just get ridiculous? I do. But I don't start looking until I'm able to. And I seriously don't start looking a year in advance. You know, I know NS Expo, I'm going to know when that date is within a month of when it's announced of the new location, but I don't book my hotel or look at prices. Most hotels, you can't even find prices. I just, I'm just putting it on my calendar. It's like, okay, next year around this time, I'm going to go to NS Expo and it's going to be in this location and I can't wait. And that's it. It's the last time I talk about it or care about it until we get closer to the event and it's time to actually book. My wife looks at shit a year out, two years out because you, you look at a place like San Diego and a lot of those places book up. I get it, but you don't have to look at it, you know, this far in advance. But this is the same person who says, hey, we got to cut down on our spending. And I don't really spend a lot of money. I mean, I may buy Adidas when they come out sometimes, or I may splurge on something here and there, but rare, rarely do I actually just spend money on stuff. 
And when I do, it's my money. Now, that sounds funny. I know I said this before. I get an allowance. The allowance comes from the money that I make on my day job or hard parking media. When I make T-shirts for people, you know, I usually trade items so we're, or trade coin is what we call it. So when the when I get the podcast sponsors, you know, right Honda, right Toyota, that sponsorship helps pay for the shit that's here in my studio, the microphone that I'm talking in right now. You know, these 4K starter, they're starter cameras, like $800 a piece. I got two of them. I'm not using it right now. But when you watch me on YouTube, that's what you're watching. Those are the cameras I've been using. And one faces the other way of the room when I have a guest, and one's always on me, and I have these little things, and I these quick releases, so I kind of move around in different locations. But that that's when I spend my money. So back to San Diego, I'm sorry. So we didn't really have anything planned, but one thing that I noticed there is they have these things called uh, drift skates. You guys seen those drift skates? They're like these squares, and instead of having rollerblades on them, they have each one has two wheels on them. It's almost like taking a rollerblade and chopping it right down the middle, cutting off the top of it, and then sticking your feet on the bottom. I think it's just grip tape. But people are that they've probably been out for a while. I don't remember seeing them last year, but it was kind of cool to see and everybody had them. Drift skates. Let me know if you if you have some drift skates or we're used to seeing them all over the place. One thing I noticed is we went over to the bay side. And there was these large jumping fish, and I looked them up. They're called mullets, you know, like the mullet, like long hair. But you're sitting there on the beach, and you see they, they have, they have there's little ones that are probably like four inches, but then there's big ones that look like they're probably a foot long, maybe longer. And you're just sitting there, and if you just stare off in the bay long enough, you'll see them just come flying out of the water and go right back in. And they they clear the water. You know, they get probably their their tail is always closest to the water when they pop out because their, their head's always the furthest away. Their tail probably gets two or three inches off the surface of the water. So it's kind of cool to see. You don't see it on the ocean side. You just see it on the bay side. But what else do you see? You see sea lions and seals. If you're sitting there on the beach and you're looking out, you see a head pop up probably 50 to 100 yards out. And you're like, ooh, that's a, that's a seal. It could be a sea lion. I don't know, but. And they kind of roll around and they go back in the water and they pop up. You ever go to the lake when you're a kid or maybe you're on the lake now and you're in the boat and you see a turtle head pop up. And you're like, oh, look, there's a turtle. There's a turtle right there. It's kind of like the, that's how these seals are. You know, and when we go on these, I remember when we went to Cabo, we went on like a boat tour. As we're leaving the pier, there's always seals. You look in the water and one goes right by the boat and it's super cool. Especially if you have the the clear bottom boats like they have now. They're made of like one inch or two inch thick plexiglass so you can see through the entire boat like it's Wonder Woman's boat or something. That's a reference for you old people. Young people have no idea what I'm talking about with that. But it's pretty cool. When you go to San Diego, it's the same deal. So most of the time we were there, it was, you know, it's just like it is here at home. It's me, my my mother-in-law, my wife, and Zeke. You know, we had Zeke for like all week. So Zeke's mom, Mario, and Zeke's sister, you know, they came the next day, little baby Nova. But Zeke probably spent an hour with him the whole time, which is kind of upsetting. And it's not really, I don't blame my daughter as much as I blame, like, my wife, my mother-in-law. It's like, let's hang out. Let's let him, let's push him to his family so they can do their family shit. And so that every decision that we make when it comes to what we're going to eat, where we want to go, you know, 
what we want to do with our time doesn't hinge on this five-year-old and what they like to eat and what they want to do because his parent, his mom is here and let's just push them off. And I don't care if she wants to go get her nails done and go to this, you know, uh, Korean barbecue place, take your kid with you. And if it doesn't want to eat that, you deal with it. So I don't have to. So like the first day we ended up having fast food twice, man. I don't remember the last time I had fast food twice in one day. It's been a while. What did we have for lunch? We had something here for lunch. We picked something up on our way there. And then when we got there in town, we tried to go to Buffalo Wild Wings, which is hot garbage. I know. That one stunk too, by the way. But when we got there, they're like, yeah, it's a 45 minute wait. And we're like, say what? No, hard pass. So we ended up going to Jack in the Box across the street. And I like Jack in the Box sometimes. You know, you get the the ultimate bacon cheeseburger. It's like a seven or eight combo or whatever. Zeke gets the chicken strips, takes two bites, says his stomach hurts. But what I found out, as I suspected, he just hates that place. Jalene told me, he's like, oh, yeah, he he will not eat that chicken. He'll, he, he'll do anything. It's like, okay, I'm glad, I'm glad we wasted our money on that shit. But, hey, we'll be there again for July, it looks like. And hopefully then the weather will be nice. No rental car. We drove our own car. We drove the MDX. You guys know I have yet to do a video on my NSX or my wife's accurate MDX. Maybe I should do that for YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, I have another project that I'm working on. I'm staying busy. Right now I'm looking at this page. Kofi.com. Uh, Wes is wanting me to do it. This is our One Drink Wednesday page. At some point, we're going to build this out and actually do more with it. Uh, but it's just one of those other projects, man. You guys know me. You know, I got so much shit I'm doing. Speaking of shit I'm doing, looks like I'll be the next president of the NSX Club of America. So that's another thing that's going to be on my plate. But I'm up for a challenge. I'm up for the challenge and uh, I'm trying to stay busy. You guys know, as we're getting toward the end of the year here, we're getting close to 200 episodes, and that is an episode every week. And there's things like I'm looking at my sponsor list here of different things, and I used to have the social media highlight of the week. I got away from that. Let me know if I should do that. I used to have the Builder's Corner. You know, I kind of changed the show slowly. If you've been with me a long enough, a long enough time, you've noticed that. But I don't get the feedback. So I don't know if people like the Builder's Corner. I don't know if people like the car news. I don't know if people like social media highlight of the week. You know, I used to do that to try to get more viewers or actually listeners and highlight people in my local car scene. Social media highlight of the week. I think at some point it became the Arizona's ride of the week. But it didn't really move the needle, you know, so I kind of moved away from it. But we'll see what's around the corner. You know, moving into 2024. Speaking of doing this every week, I won't be here next week. I'll be in Atlanta at NS Expo. So I'm trying to decide if I want to give you guys a classic episode, which is what Wes always does. And I'm talking from like year one or year two, because as long as most of you have been listening to me, I can almost guarantee you haven't been listening to me from the beginning. And if I play an old episode, I, I'm doing it so that number one, you can kind of see how far the show has come and what the content was like. And number two, maybe there's something important that I talked about. And, you know, you haven't heard it because I haven't really preached as much as I used to about things. And what made me think about that, that was, is tonight I was standing at the kitchen, a sink, washing a dish that my wife says I didn't wash. So I'm wondering if my mother-in-law went downstairs to put a dish in the sink. Because I remember getting off the phone and then washing dishes because I was on a call for NS Expo. 
And I remember because I had this thought. And the thought is, a couple of weeks ago, I was a guest host on Wes's podcast, Shame Me Success, and I had talked about managing time and what time really is and isn't and how it triggers me when I hear that someone is, when someone has too much time when they have created something, using their time to be creative. And those are sometimes some of the things that I used to talk about on this show. So if you want to hear that, go check out Shaping Success with Wes Tankersley. Go back a couple of weeks and you'll see the Jay Finning episode. But I may find something like that, or I may try to track down an episode where I was on somebody else's podcast as a guest because you don't hear the same stuff from me because no one's asking me questions on here right now. This is my show, so I ask all the questions for the most part. And so it's other people asking me questions. So I don't know if, if you guys have listened to Trista's Plate Story. I'm thinking about downloading that and playing that for you guys. That's when she had me on. Um, there's a couple other ones out there. So let me know. For those of you who jump on this early in the week, I need to know by Wednesday. I need to know by Wednesday the 27th because I fly out of here on Wednesday early in the afternoon. So I need to know if you want me to put on an old classic or if you want me to try to download and put on Trista's Plate Story as a, when I was her guest. And she's been on and she's been on this show before too around that time, Trista's Plate Story. Let me know. Podcast at gmail.com. So with that being said, I want to thank Right Honda and Right Toyota for online.com and Sales Shop Wireless Services, Patreon Business Supporter, Kui Automotive out of Wingard, Florida, Hell Construction Elf County, Michigan, Beak House, Small Home Design, Ashburn, Virginia, and Traverse City, Michigan. Shipping success with Wes Tankersley out of Boise, Idaho. Catch us both on One Drink Wednesday, not this Wednesday. Instagram Live, 7 o'clock. Join the Patreon for as little $3 a month. That's patreon.com, Hard Parking Podcast. Special thanks to Mark Stillman, Catherine Cox, Eddie Ramos, Richard Graves, Byron Jones, Bo Jung, Oscar and Andrew Bunkley for being my Patreons. Email the show, heartbrokenpodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at jfinning. Join the Heartbroken Violations Facebook page and join my Instagram channel, Heartbroken Podcast. I can't grow that you tell the world how great the show is. Let's do this. Let's grow this thing together, and I will catch you on the flip side. Shut up! Now it's stripping time. Ain't nobody got time for that.